Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Today we've got a story of an awful entitled parent at a pool. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, my lawyer uncle and my doctor aunt tried to violate my contract. I'm an 18-year-old guy, and I just moved to Utah in May of 2021 after living in a different state for 18 years, and had just finished my senior year of high school. I had never worked a full-time job, but I'd worked three part-time jobs in food service and retail. After moving to Utah, my uncle texted a group chat of all my aunts and uncles on my dad's side, plus my parents, in July of 2021. One of their two live-in nannies was moving back to Brazil for a family emergency. They asked if any of the young adult nieces or nephews would want to come live with them in Connecticut and be a live-in nanny until just December of 2022. I didn't have a job at the time and was actively looking for one, so I told my mom, who asked if I would be interested, to let my aunt and uncle know that I would be willing to go. I didn't really know my aunt and uncle very well. I'd only really interacted with them at a big family gathering that we have every four years. So after one and a half months of interviews and getting a contract signed, I packed the bare minimum of what I would need in a carry-on, personal items, my backpack, and one checked bag and flew to Connecticut. The contract stated that I would be getting $375 a week and all my food, housing, I had a room in the addition of their house, car, and phone bill would be paid for. Some relevant info about pay was that the other live-in nanny had all the same benefits but only $200. I had to get them to raise my pay because I wouldn't go if it was only $200. The contract also stated that the household chores, such as the boys' laundry, sweeping, vacuuming, cleaning various rooms in the house, and a few others, were to completed by both nannies. There was a clause that said that if one nanny was doing more of the childcare, that the other nanny would take on more of the household chores but not all of them. That clause is very important. That last relevant info of the contract was that any amends to the contract must be agreed to by both parties. This would take a new contract signed by all parties involved. That same section of the contract also states that the contract is still in effect for a month if either party terminates the contract, i.e. we each need to give a one month's notice of termination. So I arrived in Connecticut in mid-October, The first two months went well enough. I wasn't used to working full-time, but I managed. At around two weeks before Christmas, I started to interact with my aunt a lot more. Not knowing a lot about her, I was excited to get to know her. After a while, I started to notice she treated me like a kid. I was taken aback by this because I was taking care of her four kids, yet she treated me like one of them. I brushed it off for the most part. Then, about two days before I flew home for Christmas, she made a comment to the oldest. Big boys don't cry. They work. Fix the problem, not cry about it. This really pissed me off. Because she was a child psychologist. A comment like that is one of the reasons I have trouble expressing my emotions. With that as her job, she was the last person I expected to make a comment like that. I left two days after to go home to Utah to spend Christmas with my family. Enter the first week of January, the week I got back from Utah. I come downstairs one morning to see a piece of paper that says OP's to-do list. 
Now, this to-do list had every single household chore that the contract states the live-in nannies have to do. Now, I don't like confrontation when I can't control most of the situation, so I call my mom and let her know what happened. She tells me to talk to my uncle and tell him that that's a violation of my contract. As a lawyer, my mom was surprised that he would make this list as it directly violated the contract. I go and talk to my uncle later that day and show him the list. He tried to argue that the household chores don't need to be split 50-50, citing the clause underneath. I then point out the final line of said clause, being that not all of them could fall upon one nanny. He then took the list, crossed off the line that said, pack a snack for the boys for school, and said that the other nanny would do that. That was the easiest task of them all, by far. At this point, there was nothing I could do. Two weeks later, and I'm struggling to get all these chores done by the time I'm done working. My aunt and uncle have noticed this. To help me get better at getting them all done, they just give me reminders every so often on what needs to be done. This is making me more stressed than I already am. Now after a week of this, the other nanny's contract is expiring. Instead of renewing, she leaves and goes to work for a different family about 30 minutes away. During this time, my aunt and uncle interview and hire a new nanny. The new nanny's waiting to get a visa to the US. It's a week before they would arrive in the US. During this week, I'm now tasked with 100% of the household chores. I'm working about 12-hour days from Monday to Saturday. I spend this week working my butt off to try and get all of the chores done and take care of the four kids. As to be expected, I fall behind. I can't complete their laundry list of items I should get done by the end of the day. I get those reminders of all the tasks I haven't done, needing to be done. That week feels like it took an eternity. By the end, I'm so stressed that I'm having panic attacks at the end of every day and crying myself to sleep almost every night. The start of the next week, the final week in January, the new nanny arrives. He's a super nice guy. He's able to get the hang of stuff very quickly. I start to feel a huge weight off my shoulders when he arrives. That week passes without much happening. I get into a groove and my stress levels are down. Then, Sunday arrives. I'm about to go to bed after a long Zoom call with my girlfriend at the time. We'd been long distance since my move in May of 2021. When I get a text from my aunt asking me to come downstairs to talk to her and my uncle. I'm a little confused as to what it is they want to talk about, but I go downstairs and talk with them. They both explain that I'm not doing well enough for them to feel good about paying me my $375 a week pay. They told me that if the other nanny found out that I was getting paid more for doing what they felt was less work, it would be a difficult situation for them. They wanted to lower my pay to $200 a week that the other nanny was making. I'd be able to get back to my $375 a week by proving to them that I could do the work. As I said, I'm not a fan of confrontation when I can't control the situation. So I said okay and quickly ran upstairs and cried for a solid 30 minutes. Afterwards, I called my mom to explain what was going on. My mom told me that what they were doing was not okay by any means. In fact, it was quite illegal. She told me that I was going to need to stand up for myself and tell them no. I was so emotionally charged that I decided to wait until Monday to confront them about it. Monday, I was thankfully off. I took the day to prepare myself emotionally, as well as get a game plan for what to say. I waited till later that night to talk to them so the kids wouldn't overhear or distract me. I told them that cutting my pay down was illegal, that it could only be done if a new contract was drafted and signed and agreed to by all of us. 
Even if that was the case, which it wasn't, it would still take a month before coming into effect. I told them that I refused to sign another contract with that pay. I only took this job because of the higher pay. I gave them the ultimatum that they either pay me my full wage moving forward, or this was my one month's notice. They both whispered to each other for what felt like an eternity, turned to me and said, I guess it's your one month notice then. I told them okay, and that they still had to pay me my $3.75 a week for the remainder of the month. They looked at each other and my uncle said that they would go week by week to see if I had earned the $3.75 that week. I told them that was okay, but if they decided that I hadn't earned the $3.75 and they paid me the $200, I would leave it the next Monday as that would be a violation of the contract and I would therefore consider the contract null and void and leave. My uncle backtracked real quickly saying, well LP, I don't think that's the best decision for you to make and I can't make this next part up. They say, I think it's more about the spirit of the contract than the letter. My uncle, the lawyer, said that Jim, I had hold in my laughter. I started to walk upstairs and responded as I walked away. I wonder how that would hold up in court. Hmm, food for thought. As I walked into my room, I felt so powerful and had the biggest grin on my face. That night I booked flights for a month in advance and paid for the option to change the flight date without paying a fee so that I could change my flights and leave if my pay was docked. For two weeks I felt so good. I had a wave of relief that felt like all that weight I'd been carrying was gone. The second to last week of my stay was about halfway through when my aunt and uncle used their kids to try to manipulate me into staying. The kids would say things like, OP, why are you leaving? Mommy and Daddy told us that it's because you hate us. You don't hate us, do you? Among others. Then came Friday, the day I get paid. I wake up to see that I only had 200 deposited into my bank. I was supposed to work that day and the next. I wasn't supposed to start till 1pm that day. I texted my aunt, who handled my pay, and told her that 175 was missing for my pay this week. She told me that I hadn't earned my full wage this week. I told her okay, guess I won't work for the rest of this week. She then came and banged on my bedroom door to Manning to come in. I told her she could come in. She opened the door and began to yell at me that I had to work. I was on the schedule. Who was going to take the kids to their swimming lessons today? I said, I don't know, that's not my issue. She got super red and went off on me saying, yes it is, you're on the schedule for today, it's your responsibility. To which I calmly replied, well... If you pay me the other 175 you owe me, then I'll gladly do that, but since I haven't earned it, then why should I keep working? You violated the contract. If you don't pay me, then I won't work. Simple as that. Also, if you don't want to pay me my legal contractual wage, then I'll also move my flight to Monday. She gave me a look that I can only describe as the look of death and said, You're right, you haven't earned it. It's more about the spirit of the contract than the letter anyways. Please, we're family. Why can't you just help us out? All I said was, it's not my problem if you don't pay me. I could very easily sue both of you for contract violation and win. But you're right, you're family, so I won't. I should help family, right? She just stormed off. I ignored all the texts and calls from my aunt and uncle about me needing to do this or me needing to do that. I waited till the end of the day to see if I got that 175 I was owed. I wasn't surprised when it didn't show up. The next morning I called and got my flights changed to that following Monday. I screenshotted the flight confirmation and sent it to the both of them to show I was actually leaving. 
I again ignored all the calls and texts about you need to do this or asking me to reconsider. I spent that day and the next packing up everything I had. Sunday evening I got a text to the group chat with my, my aunt, my uncle and the other nanny with that week's schedule. It had me working Monday to Friday. My aunt and uncle had to go into the office on Mondays early in the morning. I wasn't supposed to work till that afternoon. On that Monday morning, after they left for work and the kids were at school or out with the other nanny, I left a note on the counter for the other nanny and my aunt and uncle. It was just a goodbye, nothing fancy. I got in an Uber and got on my plane home at noon. When I landed in Utah and turned off airplane mode, my phone blew up with texts and missed calls from my aunt and uncle asking where I was, I was supposed to be working, etc. I sent one text to them saying, I left a note. I told you I was leaving today. Just because I'm on the schedule doesn't mean I have to work. Good luck finding a new nanny. And then proceeded to block them and the other nanny. When I got back to my house, my mom and dad told me about all these things my aunt and uncle said I did. I told them I know and showed them all the texts and call logs. My dad then called my uncle and gave him an earful about disrespecting me and how if he were in my shoes he would have sued you both no questions asked and hung up. It's been four months since then, and my aunt and uncle have been all but cut out of all of my dad's side of the family once they try to use them to get at me and my parents. I now am working full-time at a much better job and learned how to stand up to unreasonable bosses. These people are classic narcissistic people, the people that try to leverage the whole we're family kind of thing. Our next story is, parents accused me of ruining Christmas every year, now wonder why I hate Christmas. One of my parents' many deep wounds is that because they grew up poor, they never got the magical sort of hallmark kind of Christmas they grew up seeing on TV. Fair, but unfortunately for my brother and I who were raised upper middle class, that meant our Christmases were more elaborate, vicarious, wish-fulfillment role-playing scenes than they were a holiday while I was growing up. Christmas had to be this perfect event, filmed and documented ad nauseum. We spend just as much of the evening before and the morning of posing for forced family photos as we did anything else. There was more yelling and screaming that things go exactly as planned than those photos suggested, but back then I thought that was normal. The big sticking point every year was naturally the most vapid and consumerist part of the whole event, the presents. For context, I've always had one true passion my whole life. I've been drawing, sculpting, painting, and sewing since I was a very young kid. I work professionally full-time as an artist now. I still have my first sketchbook from when I was five years old, full of drawings of me trying to replicate the anime characters I watched on TV, and I never had enough supplies. I was always running out. As I got older especially, I was desperate for more advanced and expensive tools like resin casting and drawing tablets. My point being, there were clear and obvious choices for presents. I put almost nothing but art supplies and maybe a DS or a specific book on the Christmas list my mom asked for us to make for her every year. Only, my mom had a very interesting gift-giving habit. Despite asking for Christmas lists, my mom would often only get one, maybe two things on them. She wanted the day to be a surprise. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So, she often just bought whatever she wanted. And when it came to buying gifts for me, her daughter, that often meant buying things she wanted. Things she would have liked when she was my age. Again, trying to vicariously get the childhood she wanted. Not only that, but my mom wanted to buy me things that she felt looked impressive to share online, and art supplies wasn't impressive to her. So she'd get me expensive jewelry and clothing, weird gadgets, extremely overpriced bathroom products for some reason, and then maybe a few cheap art tools or materials. Which, you know, is fine, I wasn't a greedy kid, and I appreciate the thought of course. I didn't complain, but a polite thank you so much and a smile wasn't enough of a reaction for my parents. I guess I wasn't a very good actor, and they could tell when I wasn't being genuine about liking something. They'd start interrogating me immediately. Don't lie. Why don't you like it? What's wrong with it? I thought you'd like it. And then, feeling backed into a corner, I'd be honest with them. That I don't really like what they got me, even though I appreciate the thought. That always led into, do you know how much I paid for that? I would have killed to get something that nice for Christmas. You're so spoiled. We grew up dirt poor and you don't know what it's like not to get a Christmas at all, etc. I would end up feeling so guilty and ungrateful by the end of it, often locking myself in the bathroom or going into my room to cry after, which, like it was tradition, would prompt my dad to say to me every year, you ruined Christmas. Christmas to this day has become an unbelievably stressful time of year for me. I can't look through photos of particularly bad years without crying still. In my mid-teens, I developed what was basically a nervous reaction where I'd be holding back tears and fighting to keep myself calm from the dread and anxiety of just having to open presents. That made it worse because whether I liked what they got me or not, they interpreted it as me being difficult and snobby. So I'd get guaranteed yelled at and berated for hours afterwards. Christmas became nightmare ordeals, prompting some of the worst fights I've ever had with my parents. Not really much to do with the gifts themselves, and more so how I was never happy ever and how it was ruining the whole family. This was particularly embarrassing when it happened in front of my extended family over the holiday. I got a reputation in the whole family for being a bratty teenage girl because my parents would talk crap to them after the fight was over. It was degrading and humiliating. When I was 13, that was the first year I asked them to just not get presents at all for me. That I just wanted to enjoy the time with my family. That that's what really mattered to me. I was thrown through a loop at the time when telling them this. Somehow it made them angrier at me. They always brought up money, how I wasn't appreciative of how much I have compared to when they were growing up. So I thought this was the obvious solution. I thought the problem was I had too much obviously and needed less. They accused me of not wanting to participate in Christmas at all, even though I still wanted to celebrate the holiday with them. That made everything even worse that year when Christmas did happen. Every single year, I begged them to just not buy me anything, that I was fine. 
That never worked, and it was like we were all cursed to relive the same dramatic fight over and over again come December without fail. They did the same thing to my brother. Accused him of being ungrateful and spoiled, but he was always better at keeping his feelings on the inside. He didn't understand why I couldn't just stonewall it like he could. I felt so crappy about how every year, no matter how hard I tried, I'd crack and start crying. I'm now an adult, of course. I don't live with them anymore. I've asked them several times if they really even want me to come down and be there when they'll have a better time with just my brother. I tell them I can come down and see them every other day of the year, but as I ruin Christmas without fail, I shouldn't be there on the day itself for everyone's sake. They get offended by the idea, so I end up coming down. They're utterly befuddled as to why I despise Christmas as much as I do when it's such a happy time of the year. I started telling them it's because I have a strong distaste for the consumerist aspect of it, which is true, but obviously it also very much has to do with the association of shame, guilt, and humiliation. That seemed to have been the magic key though, because this year, finally they agreed to not get me any presents. We compromised by them helping me get some new equipment for work, which was very generous of them, and I very much appreciate it. I love my fancy new work computer that can handle all my work applications much better than my old one. This last Christmas went pretty well because of that. They complained the whole time and acted like it was such a shame I didn't have anything to open on Christmas Day, but I felt much more at ease. I just kept reminding them how much I love my work computer. I feel like a weight has been lifted and that Christmases will be so much easier to manage now that presents aren't in the equation. Still though, they know I have nothing but negative feelings towards it, and that I refuse to celebrate it with any of the partners I've had since the last thing I want is for us to bring that nightmare holiday into my relationship. I think it's just sad that looking back on an experience like this, it ends up probably ruining a lot of Christmases for you in the future. I mean, how do you get in the habit of enjoying a holiday that had been so stained by somebody like that? Our next story is, you do need to be physically present when your daughter is swimming in the pool. A very, very good friend of mine recently got on a plane with her three boys, 8, 9, and 10, by herself, to visit with grandma for a month over summer vacation. I was on transport duty because driving to and from the airport is a young man's game, and also I love spending time with my homies. There was an accidentally on-purpose scheduling issue, namely, my friend wanted a day in a hotel to recuperate from the flight with her three boys before her mom starts driving her insane. Husband's coming up in a few weeks because he just started a new job and can't just be like, back in a month, so I snatch all four people and luggage from the airport and give them a lift to the hotel. All three boys are bouncing off the walls and my friend just needs a nap. So, hotel pool time. She's posted up under an umbrella and is dead to the world. I'm in the pool with the boys. We started off playing Marco Polo and then had to get creative once other folks were in the pool as well. Eventually we settled on a game called Not Done Yet. Basically I'm standing on one side of the steps out of the pool and when the boys feel like it they try and leave the pool. I decide if they're done or not yet using a complicated examination process that amounts to picking the kid up giving them a bit of a shake, faking a big sniff, say, not done yet, and yeet them back into the pool. Obviously, if someone's waterlogged or actually wants out, I won't stop them, but typically there's giggling and a bit of a cue for inspection. 
So the game continues. I get a workout, they get tired out, everybody wins. Then a new player enters the playing field in the form of a very sweet looking girl. Approximately 6 years old wearing water wings. She asks if she can play too. I say of course she can, but she needs to ask whoever's watching her first so I know it's okay with everyone. She says, okay, and exits the pool. I'm keeping an eye on where she's going so I can smile and give the I'm not a creep wave to whoever's minding the kid. Only, she doesn't run to one of the adults on the lounge chairs, she runs back into the hotel dripping wet. She disappears inside and comes back down about 5 minutes later and says, Mommy says it's okay. Only, she's not the type of kid who lies without batting an eye and is obviously fibbing. I ask if she really did and the little girl says, Um, well, mommy was busy so I think it's okay. It's at this point that the proverbial record scratches and my inner monologue says, What? I summon the oldest of the boys from the waterborne shenanigans and ask him to go wake up his mom so she can keep an eye on things for a minute. I need to go take care of something. While he's bearding the dragon in her den, I crouch down and tell the little girl, we need to go inside and find an adult because it's not okay that you're in the pool all by yourself, okay? You didn't do anything wrong, but you've got some growing to do before you can be in the pool all by yourself, okay? At this point, oldest homie has awoken the mom and she's now looking at me with a what the crap look on her face. I mouth later at her and then take the little girl's hand and bring her to the concierge desk of the hotel. I explain the situation with the little girl to the concierge, whose face goes from confusion to pained before giving the girl a smile and thanking me for bringing this to his attention. Concierge guy takes responsibility for the girl and I go back out to the pool to explain what had happened to my friend. She was livid on the little girl's behalf, but mostly just wanted to resume her nap. Conveniently, at that time, middle homie had gotten out of the pool and was making faces at us while we were talking. I told friend to get some sleep, I'll watch the boys. Then middle homie got spear tackled back into the water because actions have consequences. Maybe 20 minutes to half an hour later, once I was starting to run out of steam, I sensed a disturbance in the force. A rather irate woman wearing a blouse that was inside out was dragging the little girl from before out to the pool area and demanding to know who told her she couldn't swim. The little girl who was now silent with tears on her cheeks and a pathetically deflated water wing pointed at me. I was instructed to get my butt out of the pool and explain myself. Why on earth was it so hard to watch an extra child while she got some adult time to herself? Why did I insist on ruining her first chance to get away from it all in months? Her little girl is an angel and is no trouble to watch, blah blah blah. I explained that it wasn't a good idea to leave a little one in a pool with no adult supervision, pointing to a number of signs about no lifeguard on duty, all children must be accompanied by an adult, etc, etc. Inside Out Lady is getting steadily more belligerent, explaining like I'm slow that her daughter knows how to swim and was wearing floaties and would have been fine. She's getting more and more in my face, trying to act like I'm just the worst for ruining everything. And then player 3 enters the fight. It's my friend, and she's fresh out of fluffs to give. She starts reading Inside Out Lady the Riot Act, demanding to know how she could be so stupid and irresponsible, and how dare she try and act like I'm the bad guy here. Inside Out Lady opens her mouth to reply and just gets steamrolled. Just look at your daughter, see what you've done? 
appeared to finally get through to the woman because she looks down at her daughter, then back up to my friend. There's a flicker of shame on her face and then it's all rage, and she swung. I'm not ashamed to admit that stepping between those two without backup seemed like a poor life choice. I stopped the boys before they could get caught in the crossfire, told them to take a step back, and when several hotel employees came out to break up the fight, I stepped in. I grabbed my friend and pulled her back, while two guys from the hotel grabbed the other woman. The combatants are separated and the police are called. Myself and my friend are back at our lounge chair with a large first aid kit the hotel staff gave us, while the boys hover and make sure mom's okay. She's sporting a magnificent shiner from that first punch, and a couple of other scrapes and bruises, but mostly seems livid that she got cold clocked like that. The police arrive and get the story from everyone even tangentially involved. We wind up being asked to provide contact information to the police. My friend declines a check over by an EMT saying she's fine, just sore. The story the inside out lady provided didn't match up at all with what the hotel camera showed. And she got some shiny bracelets put on her before getting shoved in the back of a squad car. My friend said she would be delighted to press charges for assault and was told the police would be in touch. Once the police were satisfied, it was definitely time to retreat to the hotel room. I got dressed and left for the evening after making sure everybody was okay, and on the way out I asked one of the front desk folks what happened with the woman and her daughter. The woman was arrested and the girl's father came to get her. They couldn't give me any more information than that. Hope she's okay. You just can't help but feel awful for that little girl. Witnessing that, experiencing that, having to deal with these people raising them. How likely is it that they're going to grow up well adjusted when they're exposed to stuff like that at a young age? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy entitled parent story, check out the video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.